We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's February 22nd. It's 2024. We have a 10-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast, joined by my good buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, we had a week off. I mean, there was NBA All-Star stuff. There was plenty of college betting going on in the RG Discord. We had this NASCAR thing. But for NBA, we had a week off, and I feel I feel very refreshed um, from the NBA mindset. I'm exhausted. I'm just gonna say <laughs> that I'm exhausted. Um, Daytona week was like ten times longer than it needed to be because of all the weather. But um, I, I I keep thinking today is Tuesday. We're recording on Wednesday night. I keep thinking today is Tuesday. I'm way behind on my like NASCAR stuff for the week because of the rain delay and. Being at the track until almost one o'clock in the morning on Monday. Um, but hey, man, how's it going? How was your All Star break? All Star break was good. It was great to get a little bit of time off. Um, I think you're burying the lead a little bit. It was it was a pretty outstanding time away from NBA for you. That little NASCAR thing you mentioned. Uh, I think you you got to tell the people what what went on. I know you had a nice score. I believe uh, one of your subscribers took down half a million split the Millie maker in two. Uh, so give us a little of those NASCAR goods. Cause that you're underselling that a little bit, sir. Keith, you know, I hate promoting myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I complain about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I had a good, I had a good weekend. I made, I, I took down the FanDuel big tournament for 50 grand. Um, so that was huge. Just a great weekend in general. Um, took down the tournament on Thursday night for the duels, had a really good truck race on Friday night. And I mean, Daytona, like I had teams that were there at the end of the race on DraftKings and the Millie Maker. So like it was it was a great race. Roster construction still king. Um, what I'm doing is working. I mean, this is now four years in a row. We have had a, a subscriber take down the big tournament over there on DraftKings and super pumped. Gator fan, Florida person, just super 
super pumped um you know just in general so but also yeah had the out the outright forgot to mention that you had Will, yeah uh, william byron outright told you on that uh had a couple others uh you had logano and chastain also written up it looked oh. a whole lot like either one of those guys could win the race at any point also so you were you were just all over it as usual man we we all know you're the nascar goat just got to make sure that any newer listeners might might not know they definitely need to know yeah, I mean, um, we are on it. So the Running Hot podcast that I do with Rotoduck, it's three victory lanes in a row we've hit um, to start the season. So no pressure for Atlanta this weekend. But um, yeah, we had the outright. And uh, man, I had I had some top 10s that were looking juicy, like big top 10s, like plus 400 top 10s that were looking really juicy there um, before that last wreck. But but anyway, we got basketball's back. I'm I'm a little pumped that basketball's back, and then I'm a little like, all right, how's the injury reports gonna go? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Um, it, it's like even this late, like we have a lot of like, you know, certain things of people being out and in, and you know, minutes restrictions should be a little bit better depending on like who we're talking about. But I mean, even like one of the biggest players on the slate, Donovan Mitchell, definitely gonna def- <laughs> Big time questionable, and like it could go either way. So, um, I think he's sick or something. So, anyway, too much all star break fun, I guess, for Donovan Mitchell. But, um, really quick before we jump into talking about this 10 game slate, did you watch the dunk contest? Did you watch the three point contest? I love watching the people complain about the all star game. Like, who cares if they scored a, a gazillion points? Who cares? Um, did you watch that stuff? What are your What are your thoughts on that, real quick? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I watched it because it's basically all that's on. I dabbled in college basketball more than I, I typically do. Definitely had some squad rides. That, so Duke hit for us tonight. That was that was beautiful. The All Star shenanigans, like it is what it is. Like I'm not super into it. Um, the the dunk contest, I I would say it's it not up to expectation. Like I agree that the three point and the dunk contest like should be like the stars of the weekend. The, the all-star game is what it is. It's been that way forever. Like you can't risk injury in that type of a, a format, things like that. So I get why that's like that. Look at NFL's all-star game, even baseball. Like it, it's, it's hard to put on like a great show of the actual game, but the side contest, like the three point and the, the, the dunk contest, I feel like there's, they should be doing a little bit more. The dunk contest was pretty disappointing. McClung was great, but no, nothing really outside of that. Jalen Brown was semi name in that, but I mean, I, not not impressive to me. So a little lackluster uh, on the dunk contest in particular. It's just been downhill since that Aaron Gordon Zach Levine battle. I feel like the dunk contest. Like we need to revamp the dunk contest. Like I, I don't know how you do it. I, I would assume it's like money, um, just in general. But I, I mean let's make the dunk contest better the three-point contest was great i mean we had big names in the three-point contest it came down to the wire the steph contest was awesome um it was really cool for her to put her skills out there and like show everybody that like hey you know they can do it too so uh just just i mean three-point contest was great the skills challenge was fun to watch dunk contest was terrible um and then orlando magic guy won and it was still terrible (laughs) All right. Um, you just watch the dunks from this year and you go back and you watch dunks from like four or five, six, seven years ago. Like Keith and I grew up in like the Vince Carter dunk contest like years. Yeah. Like, yeah, and just it needs to get better. But um, yeah, I mean, Richie, I would even be down with that. Bring in pro dunkers and call it a day. I, that's better than what we watched this year. Um, let 
let pro dunkers showcase their talents and like put on a show if these pros don't want to do it um nba guys don't want to do it so i mean i'm in i'm in for any of that stuff but what we what we're putting out there right now product wise like the dude that won the dunk contest has played like two games in the nba um and he's won back-to-back years and he hasn't done anything spectacular he can jump and it's fun to watch don't get me wrong um but yeah all right let's talk hoops brooklyn at toronto what's up youtube what's up Hope everyone's having a great Wednesday night. Thanks for hanging out. Brooklyn at Toronto, 231 and a half. Toronto, two-point favorite. Toronto, nobody on the injury report. Whitehead remains out for Brooklyn. Doesn't matter. He really hasn't played minutes in a while. Um, Let's go Brooklyn here. First, what do we think here on the Brooklyn Nets? We got, you know, Ben Simmons expected to be playing close to normal minutes. Sharp is back. He came back right before the All-Star break. Kind of hurt Claxton a little bit. Um, Claxton was absolutely smashing with Sharp out, and now, like, we look at the last four games and he hasn't topped 30 minutes in the four straight. So, I mean, what are we doing here with the Nets? Yeah, the Nets are a really tough team to want to buy into right now. The Simmons thing, like you mentioned, um, are we sure that he's going to play full minutes? Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? So, that that's definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, it's a really good matchup against Toronto. We've talked several times about Toronto's defense just falling off a cliff since the trade deadline or wait well before the trade deadline since they traded on Anobi and, and Siakam it's a good spot to attack but Brooklyn is kind of a mess to figure out right now um Claxton not playing as many minutes uh Ben Simmons is he on a minutes restriction maybe not if he's not is he going to play 30 minutes I still don't even know if that's the case so Nets are a tough team right now I think you can take shots on bridges for ceiling I think Cam Thomas can just go off scoring any night so he's fine but we've got a 10-game slate here. I'm going to be pretty picky. Um, I just I don't have a ton of interest in Brooklyn. If I was taking – I might even go Simmons over either the, the two guys in the 7K range. I think they definitely have a higher ceiling. But Simmons can get that, like, cheap triple-double where he scores 10 points and grabs 11 boards and 10 assists or something like that. So Simmons at 5,600. If he's going to play 25, 26 minutes, I'm, I'm on board with that. But not a ton of interest overall in this Brooklyn team. Well, I mean, they're a very healthy team now. Lonnie Walker's back. Vinny Smith's back. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., Schroeder. Like, they're all back. They're all healthy. Uh, I mean, so even if Simmons plays 25 minutes instead of 28 minutes, like, it's still enough to impact. It sharp impacts Claxton. Just at these prices, I I think we'll start to see the Brooklyn prices come down with everybody healthy. And I think at these prices, Ben Simmons is the only person that I think I – take here from the nets and, and like i don't even trust him i don't trust anybody from the nets but ben simmons at 5600 playing 25 minutes is someone that can score 40 fantasy points so i mean he's he's the guy that i want to take shots on if i'm taking any shots here on brooklyn the toronto side of this one i mean kind of a new look toronto team that we saw a little bit down the stretch uh right before the all-star break uh give me your thoughts here on the raptors yeah, another tough team that's we're just kind of trying to figure out what the rotation is going to look like. Uh, mentioned the guys they traded away, but they've also added like Kelly Olinick and Bruce Brown into the mix here. Uh, so another tough rotation to figure out here. Uh, Scotty Barnes always has a ceiling, I think. I don't love the matchup here against Brooklyn. They don't play particularly fast. Um, RJ Barrett, I think you could take shots at, at 6,900. Prefer him in in a more up tempo game, but uh, his rebounding is is notably up since coming over to Toronto. Uh, so I do think he still has somewhat of a ceiling, and quickly is kind of fine. I, I don't think I would play more than one of these guys in any lineup, uh, but I think Barnes, Barrett, and Quickly are are in play. 
Yes. I mean, I don't really have much to add. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Like, quickly, he's almost 7K. Barrett's almost 7K. Like, I think these guys are projected in the, like, 35-point range. I mean, we have projections up for tomorrow because it's the slate after the All-Star break. And we have quickly around 35, and we have Barrett around 35. I mean, that's not great value for their current prices on a 10-game slate. Yeah, obviously, there's some ceiling there. Sure. Um, but overall, I just, I don't see a ton of upside for this game. And like this game is a two thirty one and a half with a two point spread. Like we should be a little bit more pumped about this game, but you just have two teams that have massive rosters and play really deep on both sides. So, um, it, it's just hard for me to get excited about playing Toronto or Brooklyn. Um, I, again, like my favorite from Brooklyn, probably Simmons, my favorite from Toronto. I think it's Barrett. Like you said, his rebounding is way up. When he gets hot, he can have those games where he shoots, you know, five, six threes and hits half of them and, you know, puts up a couple layups and stuff. So he's someone that can score like 25 and get 10 rebounds. And if he adds a steal or block or assist, like he's someone that can get over 40, 50 fantasy points. So I think it'd be Barrett. Move from that game to this one, 247 and a half total. Detroit at Indiana. 11 and a half point spread for Indiana um, on the Detroit side. Grimes is doubtful. Stewart's questionable. And then on the Pacers side, Neesmith is out and Jalen Smith is questionable. Kate Cunningham was someone that we saw come back a little bit of limited on minutes on the back-to-back, but I think we see Kate Cunningham 35 plus minutes in this game. Um, I wanted to start with him because the Pacers do struggle quite a bit against guards Outside of him, I mean, Duran, especially if like Stewart ends up sitting again, he doesn't have a lot of people he's worried about losing minutes to. I, I think Fontecchio, Thompson, Ivy, they're all okay. I think this is a spot I really want to invest in like Cade and Duran. I like the Cade call. I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. I think the minute there's definitely room for the minutes to rise here. It's a fast paced game that it feels like a Cade game more than a Duran game to me. Um, the Isaiah Stewart thing, I think, is huge. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but he definitely limits the upside of, of Duren. And I think Fontecchio is the other guy he's going to impact. I have a lot of interest in Fontecchio. The role looks pretty good here uh, in the first couple of games with Detroit for Fontecchio. I am concerned that they run Stewart at the four a little bit just to get him on the court. Like, you know, Duren's probably going to get his 30 minutes. I think Fontecchio's upside is limited if, if Stewart is in this game if he's out i think fontecchio is a fantastic value at 4500 i'll probably play some either way um just because he's he's been shooting quite a bit here with detroit um and it's an awesome matchup against indiana so 4500 for fontecchio assuming that he starts again stewart we expect to be limited here even if he even if he is able to play um I would prefer him to sit to, to target guys like Fontecchio and Duren, but I will probably take shots on, on Fontecchio either way. Cade, I agree, is, is the ceiling play, though. Yeah, I, I feel like Cade is still kind of priced from being out, missing some time. Um, like, this is a guy that should probably be over 8K. Like, he has that 8K ceiling. I mean, there was times this season he was in the high 8Ks. I mean, he has 50-plus point upside, and yeah, I mean... One of the, like Bojan being gone is definitely going to open up a couple extra shots for Cunningham too. Uh, I mean, so watch the Stewart news. I, I think what you're make what you were talking about makes sense. Like, um, do you think Thompson loses minutes to Stewart, or do you think Thompson 
is the guy that's just going to play 28 to 30 minutes um, just in general here? So I, that's what I don't know. Like, yeah. do they feel comfortable with Fontecchio at the three? Uh, um, I mean, he's definitely played plenty on the wing. I, th- I think they would be okay with that. So, yeah, I I think one of Thompson or Fontecchio probably loses some minutes here. I, I don't know which one it is. I definitely feel feel better about the Fontecchio call if, if uh, Stewart is out. But I, it's looking like he's going to play in this one. So um, there's definitely risk. I'll, I'll still take shots on Fontecchio, I think, though. Yeah, the ankle sprain extra week off with the all-star break I, I will say i was looking through like game flow stuff when i was doing research for this slate earlier today and they use thompson more at the three so i think if you're worried about someone losing minutes it's fontetio but i mean you would think he starts and i mean they can use stewart at the five too it, it's just really interesting to see how detroit's gonna kind of run this lineup with i mean i don't i don't expect evan fournier to get consistent minutes but we should mention like Right before the All-Star break, he came back and he played 25 minutes in both games. So it's something to watch because he's still almost minimum salary. Yeah, Wiseman's the other one I'm kind of concerned. Like if Wiseman plays the backup five minutes and Stewart plays the backup four minutes, that's where you really start to struggle to find minutes for Asar Thompson and, and Fontecchio. We'll be paying attention to Detroit, but let's go over to the Pacers. No Smith. He's already been ruled out for this game. Um, so... I would assume that if anything, it helps Matherin uh, with no Neesmith. But I mean, Halliburton, we kind of expect Halliburton to be back to 35 minutes, right? We saw it right before the break where he was playing, oh, he's questionable and potential limited minutes. And But we got back-to-back 34 minutes right there before the break. He's 9,400. He went back over 9K. But, you know, if he's back to playing his 35 minutes, like, He's a guy that you could easily pay 9400 for against Detroit. They're going to put up a bunch of points in this game. Um, Siakam's 8200 I think I'd go down to Turner in this spot. I think it's a really good spot for Miles Turner. Not saying I don't like Siakam. I just think, like, I mean, this is a big slate. This game could be a blowout. I'm, I, I think I'm more comfortable with going to Turner. What are your thoughts on the Pacers? Yeah, Halliburton is the one I have a ton of interest in. I was really hoping we were going to open up the slate and he was going to be sitting there at 9K <laughs> and it was going to be like a jam in situation. 9,400, they're going to make us think about it a little bit, but I agree. Like, really liked what we saw at those last couple of games leading into the All-Star break. Feels like the leash is, is loosening at, at minimum. Um, he's going to be in that 34, 36-minute range, hopefully, uh, in this spot, assuming the game is close. But he's still has a ton of ceiling at that at that price uh awesome matchup against detroit so i i want as much halliburton as i can fit in i think he's one of the top spends on the slate uh matherin at just 4500 with no knee smith i agree is is a fantastic play and then I, as far as siakam and, and turner go i'm with you i just i'll save the money and go down to miles turner um i just i want to see more ceiling from siakam and i know he hasn't played with halliburton a ton and maybe that helps him out a little bit here but just I, I don't think I can play 8,200 for him at this point. want to see it a little bit first, but I, I'd be fine taking some shots at turn, on Turner at 6,500. All right, we got New York Knicks at Philadelphia, 226.5 total here. Philly is a one-point favorite. OG, Randall, and Mitch Robb all still out for the Knicks. Covington and Bede, Melton still out for Philadelphia. Batum is questionable. Let's go Knicks here first. We saw just Steven Chenzo doing his thing. Um, 
before the injury to the hamstring, he was he was absolutely smashing. I don't necessarily love this matchup. I don't necessarily love the price, and I don't necessarily love that Brunson's back. I mean, a lot of DiVincenzo was Brunson being out. And, like, okay, OG being out, Randall being out. DiVincenzo still has point upside. This game is not going to be, like, that super fast-paced game that we like to target. I mean, the Knicks are 29th in pace. Philadelphia has been playing a little bit slower without Embiid, so they've dropped to, like, 13th in pace. What, if anything, do we like here for New York? We know New York's going to play big minutes. Like, Tibbs loves to run his guys out there. Um, Brunson should see close to 40 in this spot, I would think. So he's very much in play. Um, I prefer other guys. Just The matchup against Philly is, is tough. Like you said, they've slowed down a little bit. Their defense has fallen off, though, as well. So I do have some interest here. Um, DiVincenzo at 7,700. I think that he still has upside at that price. This is a guy who can score 30 actual points with this group of guys. Um, Hardenstein back maybe hurts that a little bit, but like we know the starters are playing like 35 plus minutes with potential for like 40, 42 even uh, in a close game. So the spread is tight. If Philly's going to keep up, then I, I do have some interest in these Knicks guys that can play big minutes. Uh, Josh Hart is the other one. It's at 6,400. I think he's in play. Just does a little bit of everything. Rebounding has been um, up quite a bit. So some interest in Josh Hart, but I think DiVincenzo and, and Brunson to a, a little bit lesser degree. Do you want to, uh, without looking, do you want to guess what DiVincenzo's point prop is? 20 and a half. 18 and a half. Ooh, that's yeah, an that's early, <laughs> that's an early recommendation. I think I, I think I take that one. Uh, I think yeah, I, I like, think so too. I, I like the over. I think that's too low. Um, I, I think that even with, even with um, Brunson out there, I mean, We'd obviously, I'd have to obviously go look and 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 see. I know Brunson missed the eighth um, when they played, but I mean he's hit this line a ton, even with Brunson out there. So um, I think this line's low. I think I'm gonna, gonna bet it. I'm with you. I like it. Yeah, I think it's too low. Um, Precious has been playing a ton. Hart and Sign coming back. I mean, could potentially hurt that, but he has been playing a lot at the four. Um, so we could potentially see him. Kind of in that Julius Randall role. I mean, for the foreseeable future with Randall out. So I don't know if Hartenstein's really going to hurt Precious too much as far as minutes. Production, I think, will hurt a little bit. Um, Josh Hart's been rebounding a lot more. Yeah, I think who gets the rebounds is going to be the key. It Does it hurt Precious? Does it hurt? Like, Hartenstein coming back, I think, is going to hurt one of Precious or, or Josh Hart from a rebounding perspective. I, I mean, I lean Josh Hart. But, I mean... Kelly Oubre is not someone that's going to go in the in the paint a lot, so I feel like Josh Hart's going to be sitting out at the three point line a little bit more in this game, and we're going to see like Precious and Hartenstein, you know, get those rebounds. Like Precious, like Tobias type, so Tobias is going to be in there a little bit. So, um, yeah, let's move on. Philadelphia side of this game, man. I've been I've been on the fade Tyrese Maxey train at this price. He's been struggling without Embiid. I don't know if I necessarily change that too much here. Um, Kyle Lowry in the mix for Philadelphia. Like, I don't know if Maxi's minutes are going to change too much, but does that potentially hurt like Buddy Heald a little bit? Um, or are we just going to see like Kyle Lowry play like a 18, 20 minute role type of, you know, off the bench point guard type role? Uh, what do you think here for Philadelphia? 
Yeah, the Kyle Lowry thing is definitely a, a bit of a wrench here. Um, he, I think he at least sees the non-Maxi point guard minutes. The question is, do they run Lowry at point guard and move Maxi to the two and, and use him more off the ball a little bit? I think that's possible. I'm with you. I don't think it hurts Maxi's minutes whatsoever. He's still going to play his upper 30s. Uh, but Lowry's role is definitely intriguing. It could hurt somebody like, like Buddy Heald. Uh, Cameron Payne is the other guy that, I mean, have to imagine he just kind of pretty much goes away here if Lowry's going to be handling the backup point guard. Um, not sure how, how much interest they have in running campaign as a, a guard off the ball. He can shoot a little bit, but certainly they have guys like Heald and Ubre who can do it a lot better. Um, another team that's tough to figure out, I don't like the matchup a ton. Uh, Maxi up at 9,100. I'm kind of with you on the fade. It just this rotation not being set in stone and Maxi being expensive has struggled a little bit without Embiid and a tough matchup, probably mostly out on this Philly team. I, I think I was going to talk up healed as my favorite play just to save a little bit of money. He's been shooting really well since coming to Philly. Uh, but you, that your uh, note on Lowry there, if they run Lowry at the one and, and Maxi at the two, maybe healed loses some minutes here. So, I have a little hesitation now, um, but Heald's been good for Philly. I, I will say that. What are your thoughts on maybe like a Paul Reed? Like New York's going to play Precious and Hartenstein 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes a piece. I mean, I feel like Paul Reed, they're going to need his size a little bit in this game. Like it's not like they're going to play Mo Bamba 30 minutes. They've already proved us that like he's kind of capped around 20, like, they played Paul Reed against Miami, and he got a ton of run against Bam the other night right before the All-Star break. I think he played like 37, 38, 39 minutes. Um, do we like Paul Reed at 5,900? Do we think he could go like 40-plus here? Yeah, I don't hate that call. Uh, I do think the minutes are, are pretty secure. Like that's He's a good per-minute producer when he's out there. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that call. Tobias, like, Tobias Harris, you just say the name Tobias Harris, and everyone, everyone says, oh, no ceiling but that's because he plays next to Joel Embiid often. So like Tobias, we need to think about it in a different light. I just, I don't love that price tag in this matchup. Right. If he was like 400, 500 cheaper, I would be all about Tobias in this spot. But 7,900 is just a little bit too rich for me. I think there's going to be plenty of spots over the next few weeks with Embiid out that we're going to be talking about Tobias Harris. I just don't think this is one. Yep. We got Orlando at Cleveland, 214.5 total. Cleveland is six and a half point favorite. Fultz is out. Mitchell is questionable. We'll go Orlando first. I'm a Magic fan. Everyone knows I'm a Magic fan by now. Um, if you're new, welcome. Thank you. Hit the subscribe button. Appreciate it. Um, on the Magic side, there's nothing. I mean, Fultz being out matters a little bit. They might start Anthony. They might start Anthony Black. Um, I just don't think I want to touch anything. And, and like, I love playing Paulo and I think Wendell Carter's minutes are going to be a lot more solid and he's 4,900, but I just got to hate this game. Like this game in general, this has to be like our least favorite game on the slate. Yeah. I mean, Orlando has a team total of like one Oh four. So it's, it's really tough. The The matchup for Wendell Carter is, is really difficult. I agree that he probably sees a few more minutes here as we head into the second half. Um, I don't like. I don't love the matchup for Paulo either. I think Franz is my favorite play here, just to save the money down from Paulo. I think Paulo has the better ceiling, uh, but just saving the money to Franz, I think that'd be the way I lean. And I just I cannot touch the guard situation. Um, like even if Cole Anthony sees a bigger role with Fultz out, I just 
don't feel comfortable with that. And Anthony Black starting, like he just doesn't do enough. So I'm kind of with you. I'm just tough matchup. I'm I'm out on the Magic side. Maybe some Franz. Yeah, my large field dart would probably be Jonathan Isaac. They played him 25 minutes against Chicago, and then they had the back-to-back where they limited him 15 minutes per game. I think Jonathan Isaac at 25 minutes is fantastic. I don't know if we necessarily see that, but this dude is one of the most elite defenders in the NBA. I talk about it all the time. When he's 100%, he's one of he, he's probably a top five defender in the all of NBA. So in a, in a defensive matchup like this, this is what this game is. It's two really good defensive teams facing off against each other and in a type in a game like this i could see like isaac playing like 22 20 to 25 minutes so um, i I don't that's a great call yeah i don't mind potentially taking some shots on him like this is a spot where jonathan isaac could get four to six stocks and i mean that's enough where you just need him to score some points so um 3500 too like it doesn't look like there's going to be any type of value down like there's a couple 4k guys that we'll talk about but 3,500 is going to be tough to find. And I do think we might be a little bit light on, on his minutes projection right now. I could see him at 22, 25. I'm, I'm with you on that. And Jeff Rowe asked Goga. Goga is out of the rotation right now. Um, they're using Isaac and Mo Wagner. Like they use Mo Wagner off the bench for like some scoring. And they use Isaac to, you know, kind of cover Mo Wagner's terrible defense. Um, so I just don't think Goga with everyone healthy is going to play a lot, if any. Cleveland side of this game, Mitchell matters. I mean, let's start with that. Like, if Mitchell sits, Garland's 5,900. Um, Levert's 4,800. Like, Struess is 4,900. I know it's a terrible matchup against the Magic, but if we do end up getting Mitchell out in this game, Mitchell is someone that plays 35-plus minutes a night. Like, that's a lot of minutes in production, even in a terrible spot. Like, what are what are our thoughts here? If Mitchell plays, I probably don't play anybody. Uh, I'll say that. But if Mitchell sits... Garland, Levert, these guys look juicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't love the matchup, but if, if Mitchell is leaving behind his 30% whatever usage rate, that we have to have some interest here. My biggest question is, what does Darius Garland's minute ceiling look like? We saw him touch 30 a couple of times before the break. Um, he, he had been in that 25 to 30 minutes range for four to six games, whatever it was there, leading up to the break. But if he, if he could play over 30 in this spot, I have a ton of interest. I'm going to stop you really quick. There was a report that came out earlier today that said he is no longer on a minutes restriction. There you go. I mean, if we're, if we're looking at 34 Darius Garland minutes with no Donovan Mitchell, I don't care what the matchup is with him priced at 5,900. I'd, I'd be all over that. I think he'd be one of the more popular players on, on the slate in that instance. Uh, I love the Levert call as well. I think there's room for a ton of usage for him off the bench. He's 4,800. And I think you could even look at a guy like Max Struess or Sam Merrill as minimum price. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Um, this is, of course, Mitchell out only. But I think Merrill could step into 18 to 20 minutes, and we've seen him shoot really well uh, in the in that role. I think there would be enough shots for him to get there at minimum price. I think, like, overall, if Mitchell sits, you could take some shots here, just in general. Lavert would start. It would open up. You know, usage off the bench for Murrow, like you just mentioned, I think that's a great call at 3K. So if Mitchell plays, there's just not a ton of value. Uh, it's a terrible spot. Um, I, I do think, like, if you want to be on the front end of Garland playing 38 minutes, this is probably the best spot to do it, um, even if Mitchell plays. So, you know, you could obviously take some shots on him. No minutes restriction for Cleveland usually means 35-plus minutes for Garland and Mitchell. So um, if Mitchell's out, Garland, I think, is the one of the best plays on the slate. 
him and him and Levert. Levert would slide right into that starting spot next to Garland, and he would play 30-plus minutes at way too cheap. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I circled this game, Keith. I have this game as the game of the night tonight. Um, we got Phoenix at Dallas, 244 total. Dallas, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Beal is questionable. Lee is out. Exum is out for Dallas. But this should be a, a fantastic basketball game. A lot of scoring, a lot of pace, a lot of less – like, a lot of no defense played, let's be honest. Um, these two teams are bottom-half defending teams. Um, so let's go Phoenix first. I mean, is this a spot KD just goes bonkers? Is this a spot Booker just goes bonkers? Who's going to match up against Nurkic? Um, if Beal's out, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen off, like these guys are cheap. Like I have this game circled as a game I, I definitely want to be paying attention to on this slate. Yeah, completely agree. Like they have stars on both sides who could just score in bunches. Neither one of them plays very much defense at all. It's a high total, uh, tight spread. So I completely agree with you. It's a, it's a, game that we can target for fantasy goodness. The problem is Durant or Booker is always a very difficult decision. Um, I lean Durant in this spot. Just don't, and then there's not a ton of conviction about it. It's just more of a gut feel than anything. Um, I think Beal is in play as long as he's out there and not restricted at 7,100. We've seen him get enough usage even next to Durant and Booker. I think I, I would want to get up to one of the two studs first, but I, I do think Beal is in play. Um, and if Beal sits, then I completely agree with Grayson Allen or even Eric Gordon as well. So it's going to be Durant and Booker, assuming that, that Beal is in there for me. Um, and I don't have a strong preference. I'll, I'll go slightly Durant. Um, but it, again, not, not, no real conviction there. Yeah. See, I, I think I'm on the other side. I think, um, I'm more in more one want to be, I can't talk. I haven't talked for a week. All right. I want to be more invested in Booker. I feel like when we think about Luca or Kyrie guarding Booker, I don't care who, either one of them. Bring it on. Yeah, um, fair point. So I, I feel like I want to be more invested in Booker than Durant, but I could see them both smashing in this spot for what it's worth. Um, that one was for you. Uh, who was it in chat? The ruthless villain, I think. That that was for you. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah overall i mean i don't think there's a wrong answer to booker or durant here especially if beal sits but I, I think i want to play booker for what it's worth 
<laughs> um, he shouldn't have pointed it out. Um, he should know if he's a new listener again, welcome hit subscribe. But if he's been here for a while, um, he should know me better than that. I am that type of person, but let's go to the Dallas side, man. Lucas 12, one. And there's not many times that I'm like, Hey, you know, do I want to pay 12, one for Luca? It's averaging 80 fantasy points and two outings against this team this year. Again, Kyrie didn't play in either one of those games, but he just kind of shows you his ceiling to the upside for, for him in this matchup. The biggest question is like lively is expected to play. Do they start Gafford or do they start lively? I think that is a like first type of question we should be asking ourselves. PJ Washington probably locked into the four Tim Hardaway off the bench with Derek Jones. Now it's a, it's a somewhat new look Mavs team. We have Gafford projected to start, but I don't know necessarily if we should expect that. Like, do we expect Lively just to, you know, kind of step over for Gafford? I don't. I mean, we saw Gafford play 23 minutes against the Spurs the other night when Lively came back and played 17 minutes. Um, I don't think I want to touch the situation. I definitely want to kind of watch what the rotation looks like. And I think I just want to play Kyrie or Luca. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Dallas? Yeah, I, Luca is just incredible. Um, we should expect close to 40 minutes, maybe even over 40 minutes in this spot if it stays close. Um, and it's projected to stay close. So anytime that Luca's in a close game, he has a, a ridiculous ceiling. So I don't care what his price tag is. I'm, I'm certainly going to have some. Kyrie's tougher for me i think you want the game environment i think this is the game environment where where he could really step up and, and have a good game so Kyrie, not a guy i love to play especially when he's 9k but um i do think he's in play in this matchup agree with the center situation i don't think it's a foregone conclusion that gafford starts and I, i'm not sure i have interest in him even if he does because Lively's there maxi Kleba's still there like I, I, gafford's gonna get his minutes i think but if we're talking about 20, 22 minutes instead of 25, 26, it gets really tough to find a ceiling there. Um, and if Lively starts, I think it's even tougher for him to find 20 plus minutes. So I agree. I think we need to see what this big man rotation looks like. I think Gafford is in it, it. Like he fits really well in this offense. And maybe that means they're pushing Lively to the side. But like you said, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. So let's pay attention to that. See how it works out for this game. Just give me Luca. Give me a little bit of Kyrie in this spot. I think we're going to have value just in general on this slate. So I don't think it'd be hard to fit like a Booker Luca team and just hope this game stays super competitive and close. All right. We got Clippers and Thunder 236 and a half total here. Clippers, a uh, two point favorites. Uh, let's go Clippers first. Nobody on the injury report for this one. Any thoughts on the Clippers? Tough team to play. It is a nice pace up spot against Oklahoma city. They are solid on the defensive end, but they play really fast. Um, it, I think Paul George is still on a bit of a minutes restriction, so that basically limits it to Kawhi and Harden for me. I just I don't feel comfortable about Zubac's minutes really in this spot. It's a great rebounding matchup for Zubac. If I knew he he could play 28, 30 minutes in this spot, I would have interest in Zubac. Um, but I think it's it's just Kawhi and Harden for me, and it's because it's an up-tempo game. Um, I lean slightly to Harden, I think, in this spot. little revenge narrative there going back to OKC. Uh, but again, that's it's similar to the Durant Booker situation. It's it's impossible to know which guy's going to find the ceiling. They're both good plays. 
So I'm just I'm more curious why you don't think Zubak plays 28 plus minutes here. He just like they have Plumley there. He just isn't a guy that they run out there for a ton of minutes off. Well, I mean, he came back from injury and they were slowly ramping him back up. But right, the Golden State game right before the All Star break played 28 minutes. Like, I worry think- about him having to follow Chet to the three point line is is really the main thing. Like if if Chet starts getting over on him just by being outside and then either taking him off the dribble or just Zubash not being able to defend the three-pointer, I think you could see them go with somebody smaller. And not that not that Plumlee or Tice are that much smaller even, but maybe they just go smaller altogether and, and run Westbrook out there a little bit more. Um, Chet's just a, a tough matchup is is my biggest concern. Okay. I, it was just more, it was more curiosity than anything else because I had wrote down Zubach as a potential play here. Uh, because I mean, I, I think it's it's an interesting spot because I, I feel like if Chet starts owning Zubac, they're just going to put Kawhi on Chet and like put Zubac over on like a Jalen Williams. Well, then Jalen Williams is going to start targeting him. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Dort, I think Dort would be the answer, but like again, he has to defend the three point line in that situation. Yeah, I, I just, I, I mean. Mason Plumley is not the guy I'm worried about Zubach losing minutes to in this yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's Westbrook is the answer, I think. Or um, Tice. I think Tice. Yeah, maybe Tice. I think Tice would match up better with Holmgren than Plumley if, like, if he starts getting torched. But I don't know. It's tough. I, I do like every time Kawhi is on the floor, I have interest in Kawhi. Um, his ceiling is massive this season. I think this is going to be a close competitive game. Don't mind the James Harden revenge narrative but james harden's just been playing great his price has just climbed up with paul george's like minutes being limited a little bit harden has saw the biggest increase in price um like clippers plus two in this game by the way but just get used to it down the stretch i am team clippers um very very big clippers fan thunder side of this one i mean sga definitely seems juicy in this spot outside of you know just thinking not not looking at the matchup, just saying, hey, who's going to keep this game close? It'd probably be SGA. He's 10-5. I like guys a little bit more than him, but his ceiling is massive. Kind of going to the conversation we were just having with Zubac, it made me like Chet a little bit in this spot. Yeah. I feel like they don't really have that like perfect answer to match up with Chet. Um, what are your thoughts on the Thunder? Yeah, I, as we were talking through those defensive matchups, I also started getting a lot of interest in chat. I think he could have a lot of open looks on the perimeter in this spot. Um, SGA is always great. He obviously has the most ceiling. I don't love the matchup, though. The Clippers have played great defense, so maybe saving a little bit of money going down to Chet is is the play. Jalen Williams probably gets Kawhi on the other side, or even Paul George, both outstanding defenders. So tough, tough spot for Jalen Williams. I think Chet is might be my preferred play here on the Oklahoma City side. Um, of course, I'll have a little bit of SGA. I generally make about 20 lineups, and there's not not really a slate I ever just don't have at least one of SGA. He's been awesome. My other, my other question really quick on the Thunder is Gordon Hayward is probable. He's been out since oh, like the day after Christmas, so I don't expect him to play like full minutes. But who who does he affect? Is it Dort? Is it Giddy? It's giddy. It's giddy. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's Giddy too. Like, I don't think I want to play Gordon Hayward because I don't think he plays full minutes here. Unless there's right. a report that comes out saying that he will play full minutes and he'll start. Like, if we get a starting lineup of like Hayward over Giddy 
and no minutes restriction mentioned. Like 5,400 is probably too cheap for Hayward playing with SGA. Like you got to remember who he's playing with now. So um, I, I think Giddy is the guy we kind of want to stay away from until we see what this Gordon Hayward minute situation is going to look like. I just wanted to bring that up because yep. good point. In my head, I keep forgetting that Hayward is on the Thunder, but and he's not on the injury report. Boston at Chicago, 226.5 total. Boston, 7.5 point favorite. Springer is questionable, and on the Chicago side, Craig and Williams out. I'm not going to mention, for what it's worth, like Levine and these guys, Ball, they're out for the season. They're on the injury report for the year. Um, Let's go Celtics first in this matchup. Pace-wise, not the best game, right? Pace-wise, we got... You know, Chicago Bulls play at the slowest pace in the NBA. Boston plays at the 19th pace in the NBA. Boston's third in defensive rating. They're a great defensive team. Anything that we like here for the Celtics? Not a ton. Like you mentioned, the slow pace. I also think Chicago is going to have a difficult time keeping up in this game. The spread's not massive by any means, but Boston is is one of the best teams in the league, and Chicago is absolutely not. Can't believe they did not make a move at the trade deadline to sell off some of these pieces. <laughs> I'll t- I'll take some Tatum for the ceiling. I think Jalen Brown at seventy five hundred is interesting. Even Porzingis, it, it's Max one of those guys for me, and it's just hoping to find the guy that, that goes off. I I don't love this game overall, but there's certainly ceiling to be found uh, amongst the three studs there. I think the price on Jalen Brown is really nice. Yeah, he's like right below the top tier in that like mid tier ish range, and he's easily a guy that can put up fifty. So he's probably my favorite play from Boston. Like I'm not, I'm not Mr. Mr. Eyes over here, but I, if I was running 20 entry max, like he would definitely be the guy to have the most exposure to on Boston today. Yeah. I, I'm, I completely agree with that. The price stood out to me as well. Like he's typically in the eight K range, like eight between 79 and 8,200, 7,500 is, is a nice price. Agree. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to throw another like trade deadline, at you they brought in tillman do we think tillman affects horford do we think he affects porzingis i don't i I, yeah i just don't see him taking porzingis like off his normal minutes like is is tillman a way to get horford some minutes at the four and let tillman play backup five and you know tatum get to play more at the three with horford's on the floor and when brown's sitting like they spread out brown and tatum quite a bit and anyway but like do we think, like, if anything, do we see, like, Tatum having more upside because he's going to get to play the three a little bit more? I think Tillman is just an upgrade over Luke Cornett. Like, Tillman just plays the backup five exclusively. Yeah, I think Horford's going to have a hard time finding any more than, like, 25 minutes. I don't, I don't think it affects guys like Tatum, Porzingis, Brown. I just – Tillman's a, a Cornett replacement more than, more than anything. Yeah, I was just thinking like more of like Tatum getting to play the three a little bit more. That was my thoughts. Like, think about this matchup just in general, right? Like, if he gets to play the threes, getting like Caruso, like that is a mismatch. I mean, DeRozan is probably a mismatch too, but yeah, I would, I'd rather have DeRozan on him than yeah. Caruso. <laughs> good old, good old uh, Demar DeRozan, baby. All right, let's talk uh, the Bulls side of this one gosh man i like kobe white and i like au but i don't like the matchup 
yeah, very difficult matchup. I, I have concerns the Bulls can keep up in this one. Like, there's just Vooch is cheap, but I, I don't like that matchup. I think Tillman there, even uh, backing up Porzingis, makes it even even more difficult matchup. Like, Vooch is his price is standing out. I think Kobe White probably has the most ceiling on this team at this point, which is crazy to say, but it's probably true. Um, I, I just don't love the matchup against Boston. Dasunmu's been playing a bunch of minutes, but the, the price is kind of corrected now. So in this matchup, I don't think I'm going there. Kind of just off this Bulls team in general. Kind of off this Bulls team in general too. Houston at New Orleans, 227.5 total. New Orleans is a 6.5 point favorite on the Houston side. Easton remains out. Bullock is questionable on the Pelican side. Ingram is questionable and Zeller is questionable. We talked about Mitchell impacting the slate well brandon ingram missing this game would matter a lot for the slate in general both of these guys are illness questionable so we'll see if they're at shoot around or not uh let's go houston first any interest here in the rockets man fred van vliet coming back they picked the wrong game because i don't like the matchup against the pelicans but you've made the point on this podcast a couple of times i'm in thompson really impacted Alper and Shingun's ceiling because Thompson's an awesome rebounder. And Shingun gets there a lot of times with his double-doubles, and that includes 10 rebounds, which he was struggling to get. In a different matchup, I would be jamming Alper and Shingun, but I just, like the Pelicans are, are really solid. Jovel and Zion on the other side. I wish it was a better matchup because I think Shingun's role is going to grow in this spot. I just don't know if it's the spot for me to take a shot on, on that knowledge. I'm concerned that Fred Van Vliet doesn't play his typical 38, 39 minutes, and we see him in the low 30s. So it makes it a really difficult team to play. I still think Shingun's my favorite play. I just I wish this was a better spot for him because I would be jamming a ton of Shingun. Yeah, great, great defenses, both sides, good rebounding. Um, man, we got we got like two or three games where we got to take Shingun's under on his rebounds, and it was it was great. Um, I expect his rebound chances to go up. They they still are down a little bit with like Smith on the floor too, but I, I mean we're seeing books already at eight and a half on Sangun's rebound, where we were taking the under at nine and a half, ten and a half. So they're definitely adjusting a little bit. I mean, at this point, we might be able to take the over, but the juice isn't great. But I don't have a ton of interest here in the Rockets. If anything, maybe Van Vliet or like you said, Sangoon, but like Van Vliet at sixty seven hundred. There's upside in that price. Like this is a guy that's most of the time in the mid sevens, so he's he's someone that can score forty plus fantasy points in a matchup. But I just I don't love the game, just in general here. Um, don't love the game. Pelican side of this one, Brandon Ingram matters for sure. Um, if Brandon Ingram ends up sitting in this game, McCollum at seven K is nice. Zion at seventy eight hundred is nice. I still worry about like Valanciunas's minutes just in general. I would assume they start Trey Murphy and he's like 4.8 K if, if Ingram sits, if Ingram plays, it, it's probably just maybe a little bit of exposure to like Zion or a little bit of exposure to like Ingram. And that's really it for me on the, on the Pelican side. Yeah. If, if Ingram's there, it, Zion is really the only interest I have, maybe a sprinkle of Ingram as well. Um, but out pretty much on the rest of the team, this Valanchunas, um, why am I losing his name all of a sudden? Larry Nance thing that they've been doing is just, it's impossible to figure out. So I'm going to, I'm 
think I'm going to give up on trying to figure out how, what how many minutes Larry Nance is going to play. Um, at, like it's just it's never going to happen. Just when we think he's taking on the bigger role, he plays 18 minutes. Um, so it's it's Zion for me if if Ingram is in. Zion is one of the best plays on the slate if if uh, Ingram is out. McCollum would would get a nice bump as well, and Trey Murphy would be the guy to target uh, who should step into a larger role as well. Don't have much else to add other than that. Yeah, I mean, are they just trying to keep Valanciunas healthy for the playoffs? Are we going to see like thirty minute Valanciunas when the playoffs roll around, or is like this how they want to approach it? They want to play both these guys. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. We'll have to see. Playoff time would be interesting. All right, we got Utah at or Charlotte at Utah. Just kidding. Two thirty one total. Utah ten point favorite in this one. Ball and Williams out for Charlotte. Porter out for Utah. He's not with the team. All right, let's go Charlotte first. I mean, this is a game that I think we want to target as far as yeah. like pace. The pace of this game should be fantastic. I mean, we got ninth fastest pace in the league with the Jazz, and then defensive wise, Charlotte's the worst team in the league defensively. Utah's twenty fifth. Um, so, what are we playing here from Charlotte? I love this game. Um, I think there's a little blowout risk, obviously, as there always is with Charlotte, but they've looked like a much more competent team since these trades. Uh, just bringing in a couple of veterans like Grant Williams, um, Seth Curry, Davis Bertans, like they're just a much more complete team. Um, and I, so I feel like they can stay in this game. Going into Utah is obviously never an easy task, uh, one of the more difficult places to play. But the game environment is what I have a ton of interest in. Um, Utah doesn't play a ton of defense. I think Trey Mann is my favorite play here just because the price hasn't quite fully adjusted uh, to his role here. 5,500 should see 30 minutes in this spot. Miles Bridges has had a bunch of ceiling here without LaMelo, and Brandon Miller has found ceiling every once in a while as well. So in this matchup, I don't know if I want to play more than like two of these guys together, uh, but I have interest in a big interest in all three of those guys. Grant Williams has had an awesome role also at 4,500. And then I'm not even sold that Michich can't get there at 3,900. If the game does get out of hand a little bit, Maybe Michich ends up playing a few extra minutes. Like that's a cheap price tag, and he does a little bit of everything when he's out there. So, I have a lot of interest in this game. I'll I'll be heavily exposed to the Charlotte side. Really like Grant Williams, and I really like Trey Mann. I think Grant Williams is way underpriced. Um, yeah. way underpriced. Like for his current role, he's kind of playing like that PJ Washington role, where he's getting like twenty eight to thirty five minutes, and he's just too cheap. So. Great Williams is not someone that like we're always excited to play, but I think his role at 4,500, I think he's going to end up being like one of the chalkiest players on the entire slate. And I really like Trey Mann. He's been absolutely crushing. So I'm looking at his projection. If his projection holds where, where it's at, he's not going to be chalky. But I agree. Like we were talking about it with Fontecchio, right? These guys are in new situations, new roles. We're taking like season wrong, season long rates when we're doing projections. So there are exploitable situations. Grant Williams is definitely one of those exploitable situations where his projection might come in a little bit low today. Yeah, but he played three games with Charlotte, 32, 31, 27 minutes, and at least 27 fantasy points in each of those three games. So um, There's a guy in the next game who's got a new role, too, that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, there might be a Grant Williams take on morning grind game. (laughs) Um, Utah side of this one i I mean the thing that i just i I pointed this out a lot when it comes to utah in general down like right before the all-star break but 
they are committed to Keontae George getting minutes now. Like he is going to play minutes every single night in the thirties for down the stretch. I, I I might be wrong one or two nights, but I think Keontae George's role is just phenomenal. Obviously, Markinen has upside. Sexton, I think Sexton's upside is limited with Keontae George because Keontae George is more usage than like a Chris Dunn or Clarkson. What are your thoughts on the Jazz? Yeah, you, uh, we were just talking about new roles. Keontae George, another guy, just he has a completely different role than he had, what, six games ago or something like that, ever since they made those trades. Um, so George is one of the best values on the slate, I think. Markinen definitely has ceiling. Love the matchup for him against Charlotte. Walker Kessler, another guy with a new role, um, should see minutes in that like 25 to 28 range. He hasn't really broken out, but I mean, Charlotte is always a team we like to target centers against. So I have a ton of interest in Walker Kessler. I have chased that uh, the last couple of games right before the break and it didn't work out. But I mean, Kessler is a guy we would we would love to play at this price last season. So I think he's getting that role back. I, I understand that John Collins is still there and Collins has been playing really well. But I, I feel like Kessler could absolutely crush fifty one hundred, especially in a matchup against Charlotte. I will. I will note because when we were doing the podcast last week, somebody was asking me, "Do we want to still play centers against Charlotte?" The answer is yes. Uh, we still want to play big men against Charlotte. The rebounding for Charlotte is still bottom ten. It's a little bit better than it was. We'll just say that it's a little bit better than it was. It's still not great. So I think we still we'll obviously keep watching the trends on like how different the rebounding is going to be with Nick Richards, Miles Bridges, Grant Williams type players, uh, Bertans, like you mentioned. But I think we still at this point want to play big men against um, Charlotte. So, all right, we finish out the slate. Washington at Denver, 231 total. Denver is a 15-point favorite in this game, and I don't think that number is too crazy. Livers is out for Washington. Strother is out for Denver. Let's start with Washington here first. What do we like here for the Wizards? Blowout is obviously a concern, but the guy I was talking about with with the new role is Denny Avdia has been playing upper 30s minutes and he's shooting a ton recently. He's rebounding a ton recently. He's The price is coming up right with it because he's been absolutely smashing and he scored 70 DK points in the last game. Kyle Kuzma was out. Don't expect that level of production, but like he's consistently hitting 40, 45 DK points. In, in this new role that he's been playing up for 30 minutes. The rebounding looks awesome without Daniel Gafford. That's the biggest change. Um, like Bagley is, is not the rebounder that Gafford was. So it makes sense to me that Avia has seen a huge increase uh, in his rebounding right here recently. The price at 6,800 feels uncomfortable, but I, I think he's still underpriced, especially if he's going to keep shooting at the rate that he has. Um, Avia is my main target here. I think Bagley is in play. I think the minutes are a little bit um, concerning there. And I think potential foul trouble with Jokic on the other side is, is a little bit concerning. So I, I do prefer Abdia, but I don't mind Bagley. And I think Tyus Jones is in play as well at, at 6,100. Uh, has seen his m- minutes tick up a little bit here recently. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking. I've been, te- I've been saying this. Denny's role has changed. Um, and I, I wrote this up on Scores and Odds last week. And this didn't include the New Orleans game, so it probably just went up. But on the season, he was averaging 4.2 points in the paint on the season. Over the last four games or three games, the Dallas-Philadelphia-Boston game, he was averaging 12.6 points in the paint. Like, it had gone up eight points. He's being 
way more aggressive just in general. And I mean, I I'm, I'm back on it. I've already bet this. I'm on his point rebound prop again. I mean, his point rebound prop is 22 and a half. He's hit that with points alone in three of the last four games. He's hit this line four straight games since his role has changed, but he's hit the point rebound prop with just points in three of his last four games at 22 and a half. So um, I already bet this one. I just, it's not on my morning grind game. If it's Keith, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it might be on mine. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point it out again. Like he's just not the same player. He was, you know, a week before the trade deadline. I mean, he is a different role and, this is the stuff we have to take advantage of for DFS, and this is the stuff we have to take advantage of um, in the betting markets. And they're just not adjusting fast enough. Like they adjusted to Grant Williams. I was looking at his lines earlier. Like Grant Williams is like his point prop is like twelve and a half. So they they adjusted very fast to like somebody like him. But yeah, they didn't. They haven't adjusted Denny, and I'll keep betting it. That's fine. I'm a little worried about the blowout, but I still think he plays 30 minutes, which gives him a good chance for the 22 and a half. But yeah, he's my favorite play on this team as well. Tough spot for Bagley, but I don't mind him. I think he's still a little um, cheap at 5,300. Yep. I'm not touching Tyus or pool. Um, and I'm honestly like Kuzma's upside has been hit hurt a little bit by Denny too. So I, I think it's Bagley and Denny and like Kuzma is getting hurt rebounding from Bagley too. He's a better rebounder. Uh, Denver side of this game, if it stays close, Jokic probably smashes. Jamal Murray has a little bit of upside. I don't think this game stays too close where like Jokic has a ceiling game. And I think I want to play Luka over Jokic today. And that's all it is. Like no one is going to sit here and say, Hey, don't play Luka or don't play Jokic. Uh, I'm just saying, I think I'd prefer Luka today if it's just a one way one situation. I'm with you on that. I do prefer Luca. Um, I think it's an awesome spot for Jokic. Washington's still one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA, um, but I, I think it's a better spot for Luca. And I do worry about the blowout as well in this game. So probably won't have a ton of exposure. Um, same same story with Jamal Murray. Of course, they're ceiling there, but just because we're adding in the blowout uh, aspect to a ten game slate where it's already tough to play everybody. Uh, probably won't have much Jamal Murray, and I, I just don't have any interest in anybody else outside of Yogic and Murray. Got a qu- chat question about centers doing well against um, Denver in general. I mean, if we look at recent trends over the last seven games, they're allowing the third most fantasy points per game to opposing centers. So if you want to look at like recent trends, sure. Uh, I mean, it, there's definitely some recent trends there. They're like middle of the road season stats, they're like eighth over the last 15 games. So like they're trending in the right directions to take centers. So maybe Bagley is way more in play um, than that. But yeah, right now, last seven games, Denver allows third most fantasy points per game to opposing centers. So there you go. Hope that answers your question, Derek. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. It's fun to be back. We appreciate you guys hanging out on YouTube. We got a very live, lively chat um, going on over there tonight on YouTube. And we always appreciate it. It's fun. Always fun. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? I will go with Keontae George, the starting point guard for the Jazz. Awesome matchup for him against Charlotte. Uh, Just talked about his new role. Price hasn't quite adjusted yet. He's under 5K. Yep, 4,700. Oh my gosh, I missed that one. I would he would have been mine for sure, like 100%. And we would have agreed 100%. I missed that one. I thought he was over 5k. Way too cheap for Keontae George's new role. 
Um, Grant Williams is mine. I really like Grant Williams. I think that he has a very solid role. Like I said, I think he's playing that like PJ Washington role for Charlotte. And like, it's not even PJ Washington too. It's like Gordon Hayward's gone. There's plenty of minutes to be had for Grant Williams. So I really like him at 4,500 as my seven X play over 8k to go under five X. We have a ton of value and a ton of studs. Who's the bus that you don't want to play today over 8k. Yeah. A lot of good studs today. Um, I'm going to go Tyrese Maxey at 9,100. The Knicks are still short a couple of people, but just Maxey doesn't have Embiid there. New bodies, new rotation. I think there's going to be a, some chemistry issues to work out. So give me Maxey in a tougher matchup against the Knicks. I hate choosing against this guy because he's he's been one of my favorite players to watch this year. But give me Scotty Barnes at 8,800. I like Scotty Barnes, and I think he has 60-point upside in any matchup. He's just a guy that I don't think I'm going to get to today. Um, Paulo was my other one. I just can't pick against my guy. I, I can't pick against my guy. Favorite is 6X play today. Who do you got? I'm going to go Denny Avdia. I, I believe in this new role here. It's not an awesome matchup against Denver. There's blowout risk, but I I, I want to be early on this and, and think that we've found a trend here. Uh, so I'm going to go go right back to Denny. I got Trey Mann. I think that Trey Mann is still underpriced for his current role. Um, again, like we're, we're seeing a great matchup against Utah. This game pace-wise should be fantastic. Like It's a pace-up spot for Charlotte. Trends definitely point to Charlotte playing a little bit faster with their new roster, new look roster. So I like Trey Mann here at uh, 5,500. All right, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got for us? So, beating, I'm sticking with the same team there. Man's role has been incredible. It looks like he's the guy. But I think Michich behind him still has a, a really solid role there. He's only 3,900. I don't know how much under 4K value we're going to have on this slate. I don't mind a couple of stabs there. I think he might get a little extra run and a blowout as well. The, the game environment against Utah is, is great. So, give me Michich at 3,900. All right, so I wrote down Cade Cunningham, and I'll let you void it if you think he's going to be chalkier than a let's get weird play, but I don't think Cade Cunningham is going to come over 10% on this slate, and I absolutely love this matchup for him. I think it's a big enough slate where you're – I think he'll be I, – I don't think he'll be 4%, but I I, don't, I think he will be under 10%, yes. Yeah, I think, I think the price is going to scare some people off enough where – we could take advantage of it. So, I mean, Cade Cunningham's my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Cade never chalky. I agree. He's, he's someone that goes overlooked a lot. And he's a guy that can put up 25 or 50. And I just hope we're on the right page tonight when it comes to Cade Cunningham. Let's go to the betting portion of the morning grind game. Any pick em plays or player props that you like here? So the one I do, in fact, have written <laughs> down is Denny Avdia over 22 and a half points and rebounds. Completely with you. The books are just slow to adjust. The role has increased since the trade of Daniel Gafford. The minutes have skyrocketed as well. So Denny is a smash over 22 and a half points and rebounds. The other one that we talked about that I absolutely love is uh, Dante DiVincenzo over 18 and a half points. Gave that one out earlier as well. I, I'm definitely getting right back on board that one. Yeah, so mine today is Trey Mann over 23.5 points, rebounds, and assists. His points and rebounds and assists have been fantastic since he's gotten into this new role. He's played three games now with Charlotte, 22-27, and then he had a big game against Atlanta right there before the break. This is a fantastic game pace-wise. Trey Mann over 23.5 points, rebounds, and assists. I think that number is just too low. I think his new role is phenomenal, and 
I mean, it's hard not to like Trey Mann. The only time he missed this was his first game, and he was at 22. So Trey Mann, over 23.5 points, rebounds, assists. Uh, any lines jump out to you here? I'm just not sure the uh, Philadelphia 76ers are any good without Joel Embiid. Um, and the Knicks, they're missing some bodies as well, but they're they're one-point underdogs against Philly. It's, it's in Philly. Um, but the, their money line is like 102, I think, is the best you can get at. Might be an even still out there somewhere. I think the Knicks are better than Philly without Joel Embiid. So I, I do like the Knicks side, uh, whether you want the point or or just take the money line. I actually like a line today. I always say that there's not a lot that jumps out to me, but I really like Boston minus seven and a half. I know they're on the road in Chicago. Boston's a much better team just overall. When you look at like net rating, Boston is the number one team in the NBA in net rating this season. Chicago's 20th and they're not getting any better. They're 26 and 29. Boston has been one of the best teams in the league all season. They're a fantastic team. They're fully healthy. Everyone's good to go. Porzingis, they're fu- they're fully healthy for this game. Give me Boston minus seven and a half. Um, I think this closes closer to nine, even with Boston on the road. I think this line moves a little bit today. All right, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, NBA is back. Yeah. Uh, MLB spring training kicking off this weekend with the games. I'm down here in Phoenix, so I'll definitely be getting out to a bunch of those. And uh, don't forget about those NASCAR streets because uh, there's this guy over here to my my left, whatever side that is. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. He's pretty good at those NASCAR stuff. So probably check out his package and uh, listen, listen to what he has to say about the races. Yeah, I'm about to um, dig into some NASCAR for early week bets right now, right when we get done. So um, appreciate the kind words. Thank you, everybody, for all the kind words in chat. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. Have a good